When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is the main event. Throw me a freaking bonus here. This is your main event, Mark's bonus podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and I came out of a box, so I'm over. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He is the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the Viano 4 to my Viano 5. Que pasa, Greg? That is that is officially dead. I don't know if you know that. Jim Gornett said he killed it. Chris yeah, Stanley ruined it for him. <laughs> Of all the people to, you know, for that to be quote unquote ruined by, like, right? I don't like, I stand corrected. You no longer are over if you come out of a box, I which is kind of like, by the way, because he's actually reset his opinion on Chris Statlander. So I'm gonna give her another chance. I like her now. She's not the stupid alien anymore and can wrestle. <laughs> right. And then lo and behold, she's now out for eight months. Like, kind of I know that that really uh, sucks. Uh, I will say she got the Bailey endorsement though. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, she's been her friend for years. Yeah, because Bailey uh, responded to her tweet about being hurt again, and Bailey said, ah, it really sucks, you're really good, can't wait to see you come back, or something like that. It's like, wow. that's uh, Apparently, it, according to rumor and innuendo, that's the one thing AEW got that WWE wanted and they were pissed off about. I don't know if that's true or not. But... Well, they did have her at one point. Did you ever see those? those uh, uh, she was a, in some jobber match. It was like, it was one of them where they throw her and another local girl in a match, and they're like, you know, uh, let's throw a, a tag team name on them and have them get squashed by somebody. When was, was Brian Myers still in WWE? Um, perhaps. That's probably um, why. I, That's yeah, I trade. think they called her, like, Christy or whatever. It was like Christy and somebody else, the Valley Girls or something like that. <laughs> I can't remember who they got squashed by. The but it Valley was like, Girl being the Long Island Girl. Yeah, that was Okay. Buy it. Yeah, I, I think that was I think that was it. Uh, it literally doesn't get any less valid than Long Island, dude. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I'm sorry. It was a uh, Car- Carissa and Kristen, the Brooklyn Bells. My bad. I just had to look that up. So. Yeah, the the Brooklyn mm-hmm. Bells, and oh, they they jobbed out to uh, the Iconics. Wow. So, was, yeah, I guarantee you, this Brooklyn Bells team was more uh, talented than them two. You gotta see it. You know that. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm I, sorry, I but anyone says so they suck. Okay. No, yeah, they're they're, they're not good. Terrible. Yeah, that's right. They're 
they're right up there with the beautiful people, man. It's like when they came into to Impact, I was like, oh, cool, them. <laughs> All right. But anyway, today, though, man, we're not hey, talking. We about, got a show to talk about. Yeah, we're not talking about current day wrestling. We're talking about classic wrestling. It is the second show of the week handpicked by Greg himself. We are talking about Monday Nitro from August 4th, 1997. <laughs> That's Troy's is, way of throwing me under the bus. If it sucks, I get it. Okay. I respect uh, that. <laughs> hey, well, first of all, if that was my way of doing that, you've done that to me, so that would be payback. Which is why I said I respect it. Do you not listen? Well, I will say that's Jeez. not my way of throwing you under the bus, though, because both shows this week, I mean, it may not be everybody's opinion, but I enjoyed watching both of these shows. The Clash of the Champions, if anybody goes back and listens from earlier this week, uh, Clash of the Champions 35, it was the last one under the WCW banner. And I don't know, I liked it. And it just, I, I'm not big on giving points for nostalgia, but it hit a couple of spots with me where I'm like, oh my gosh, that threw me right back to, you know, being seven years old watching this. So that was cool. This one uh, sort of did that a little bit, but I just, I don't know. I, I enjoyed the Nitro. I have some critiques of it, but, you know, I mean, you can say that for literally every show that we watch. So uh, except for this next week where I think is a damn near perfect show top to bottom, but you know, we'll talk about that. Either way, uh, there's plenty of news and notes to talk about. Oddly enough, uh, the show we talked about on Wednesday is like two weeks uh, removed from this show. So we're actually going back in time uh, two weeks for, for this. And we'll talk about all that. Uh, we're, we've hovered around this, this like two week period a lot because we also covered SummerSlam 97. So you get a lot of August uh, 97 for this one. So we'll steer clear of, of uh, this era for a little while after this, but uh, well, yeah, it doesn't end in zero or five next year. So, you know, your OCD will take care of that. I, I, I tried to shake it up a little bit more next year. This year, uh, I, I saw my opportunity because I love 1997. And I, you and I always talk about how much we love TNA in 2007. So I figured, well, what better time to do it than right here? Well, I love TNA every day of the week. But oh, Good. Impact Wrestling. OK, sorry. Yeah. God dang it. Well, now. You got to specify. <laughs> wow. Well, anyway. You didn't uh, hit the and. You just let it flow. TNA. Yeah, T-N-A. <laughs> Not, well, and if I would have said T and A, you know, for wrestling, we're talking about the tag team, Test and Albert. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that classic. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> Shut up. Move on. Move on now, please. Well, let's, <laughs> speaking of moving on, let's let's take this opportunity to move on here. Time out here real quick to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code main event marks all one word to get 15% off your order. It's main event marks all one word to get 15% off your order at checkout. And now that we're done with that, we're going to take our first break of the podcast. When we come back, we're going to dive into the news and notes right after this. 
Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When it comes to service, Rush Truck Centers is committed to making you their top priority. Whether you're looking for same-day preventive maintenance, assistance from their dedicated service concierge team, or 24-7 access to your truck repair status, Rush Truck Centers offer customizable maintenance plans that fit your needs. What are you and your truck waiting for? Schedule an appointment with Rush Truck Center Service Department or ask them to dispatch a mobile service unit when and where you need it. Visit RushTruckCenters.com to find your nearest location. You can expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Real quick, we want to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks that gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form and you mix them into water. You can either choose from green apple or watermelon. You can also try both if you get their sample kit. Use our special link that is down in the podcast description, or you can simply go to shockedenergy.com at checkout. Use the promo code main event, all one word, to save 10% on your order. That's promo code main event, and you're going to save 10% at checkout. News and notes here. The plan is for Sting to face Hollywood Hogan at Starcade. The gimmick right now is that J.J. Dillon will keep offering Sting a contract for a match against different guys, and each week, Sting rips up the contract and walks away. Uh, they keep going higher up the food chain until Dillon finally hands him a contract to face Hogan, and Sting will sign it. Okay, all that does happen, but I still stand mm-hmm. by what I said. It's stupid as hell. 
We yeah. know what he wants. It makes zero sense. Right. And <sighs> we'll talk about it more. There's there's a segment of this, not to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't watched it, but there's a segment of this during this Nitro. We will talk about it. It is, yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> there's a lot to talk about with it. but <sighs> I like the idea of it, though. I'm not going to knock that. I thought it was a nice, long, drawn-out thing. The premise made no sense. I mean, not the premise. The, the offers made no sense. But it was right. fun in hindsight. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's it's fun and all, but it also makes J.J. Dillon look like a complete moron. So, I don't know. Which sucks uh, to say, because I love J.J. Dillon. I'm an underrated manager. Right. And somewhat of a really good talker, too. People don't realize that. That makes oh, yeah. it a promo. No one he ever talks certain, about that when they talk about promos. He had a certain presence on camera. I mean, he, he wasn't, like, flamboyant and over the top or whatever, but he didn't need to be. He was That's you know, probably what helped him. He would have blended in with everybody else. So, yeah. Right. He just seemed like a, you know, the businessman, former wrestler that, you know, helped his clients out and knew exactly where to be to help him. Uh, you ready for Uncle Dave's first bad take of the week? You said first. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm no, I'm no, I'm no like genius here, but first usually indicates there will be a second, possibly a third. So, yeah, go ahead. Oh, it's Uncle Dave. So. <laughs> Well, here we go. Uh, expect Kurt Hennig to end up as a member of the Four Horsemen. It's believed uh, that... <laughs> that's not a bad take, because he does. Yeah, you're mad. Well, it's believed that Arn Anderson will eventually return in a managerial role for the group. There's also talks of including Medusa. Doesn't and no. Yeah. Uh, well, Arn Anderson does return, but he returns to give Kurt his spot. More on I'm that later. I'm a dog spot, but my spot. Yeah. I feel so bad laughing at that. I don't laugh. It's not funny making fun of him. It's the makeup on Nash and the way he looked is what I'm laughing at. And the way he and talked. He, he looked over the top ridiculous. It is not funny making fun of a man. That, like, what's wrong with Arn? Oh, man, right. he just went over the top with the makeup and stuff, dude. I couldn't help it. Well, what? What I thought Six was his nose for fire. Good lord. Oh gosh. Yeah, and squirting <laughs> squirting eye drops into his eyes, make it look like he's crying. Oh man. Uh I I will say like Kevin Nash, and I'm pretty sure all this is true. Like I think Eric Bischoff backed a lot of this up too, where he said, you know, they knew what he was gonna do before he did it. They just their claim is they're like, well, we didn't know how far they were gonna go with it. It's like, really? What you think they were going to take it easy on you? Handle you with kid gloves? Like, come on. And then the other thing is uh, Kevin Nash that he was like, that cooler that I had was Arn's actual beer cooler that he carried around with him. He's like, I didn't just pull it out of my ass. And I never heard that before. Yeah. He said, that was Arn's cooler. I asked him if I could borrow it for the segment. He was like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. So he's like, that was his. He's like, I didn't I didn't just find it. And then he said later on at the hotel, after he got done calling home and his and his wife was like, well, would you let him do that for? It made you look like an ass. He's like, then I see him at the hotel and I'm getting onto an elevator and he's double fist in beers. And he's like, why do you make me look like a drunk? And he's like, I just hit the button and went up. <laughs> yep. Um, this is a good segment for this. <laughs> well, roll tie. I would 12 o'clock there, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and look, when they say it's after five o'clock, they don't specify a.m. or p.m. Okay, we it's just like, ass- it's always after five. 
Yeah, right. Like, we always assume that somebody means PM, but that's not specified. So, you know, whatever. Take it as you will. This story we actually talked about uh, on the previous show, but this one is before. Oh, like, the archives. Right. Uh, this one is before. <laughs> uh, before all the details came out, but there's still uh, some funny slash sad details about this one. Uh, Stephen Regal's WCW status is in question at the moment. He was allegedly involved in some sort of disturbance on an airplane returning from Japan last week, which, oh, ca- yeah. which caused the plane to make an emergency landing in Anchorage. It could lead to charges being filed, which could affect his work visa, which in turn would lead to him being deported back to the UK and obviously cost him his job in WCW. Even if he's not deported, there's a lot of talk that WCW may fire him anyway. It turns out that Regal got really drunk and pissed on a flight attendant. That's the somewhere in first class we talked about on the previous show, by the way. All right. So literally on a poor, I'm going to assume it's a woman. Maybe it was a dude. I don't, you know, whatever. I guess I can't make the assumption, but uh, he pissed on a flight attendant. There you go. Uh, In his book, he says he has no memory of it. And he just remembers waking up in a jail cell in Alaska. Oh, that's sad. Wow. That's uh, uh, that's something, man. Sucks for Regal. I think he's gonna be fine, though. Yeah. Well, it, it sucks that he, you know, it's he put himself through a lot of. I stuff, mean, it does man. suck, but stuff like that's your own fault, though, man. Yeah. Yeah, he put himself through a lot of crap back in the day. But either way, uh, this one. Sid will have surgery this week where they'll take a piece of bone from his hip and fuse it to his neck. I forgot he had this done. That sounds crazy to me. Uh, if he hadn't been fired, it would have been he would have been kept out of action for about three months. Speaking of which, Sid has hired a lawyer and is contesting his termination and is threatening to sue for breach of contract. The WWF, that is. Uh, pronouns, pal. Pronouns, pal. Uh, word is that WCW is interested in Sid, but only on a per-show deal and not for a long-term deal because of his track record. And even then, they'll only bring him in if Arn Anderson approves of it. Well, uh, he will so, come in in, what, late 99? Yeah, like way later than this. So it's like two years later. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, and the other thing about uh, only if Arn Anderson approves it. Eric Bischoff himself said, yeah, that was never a consideration. He said, looking back, he said, maybe I should have talked to Arn about it, at least let him know what's up. But he's like, in no way, shape, or form would I have, you know, sought his permission or approval. Why would he he's need like, to? No offense, yeah. but. Yeah, and he's like, let's not forget, Arn Anderson was a part of that stabbing incident. He said the only reason he still had a job afterwards, guaranteed, was because his best friend was Ric Flair. No. Yeah. So it's like everybody talks about Sid losing his job and being blamed for the stabbing incident. And I'm not saying it's not, you know, uh, on him, too. But both guys were stabbing each other. Nobody was innocent here. Yeah. Nobody was innocent here. Somebody had to be made the scapegoat. And it was the guy who's not best friends with the world champion. There you go. I get it. Yeah. Sucks for Sid, but uh, you know, to, to your point about uh, you know William Regal, I think he'll be fine. <laughs> Softball's right around the corner. 
<laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. I'm going to take a break to, to play softball for a few years back in Arkansas. <laughs> Sell farm equipment. Yeah, until I was a teenager, that's legitimately what I called it, Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to see if you know who this one is. Uh, 17-year-old EMLL star Aguila is reportedly trying. I do. To get a, he's reportedly trying to get a job in the WWF. He wants to go to WCW and or wanted to go to WCW rather, and he actually jumped yeah, ship from. What? <laughs> he actually jumped ship from ELA, EMLL to promo Azteca to make it happen. But even though WCW currently uses several promo Azteca wrestlers, they aren't digging anymore and will only accept new wrestlers from EMLL. And, well, Aguila burned that bridge. So now he's looking at the WWF. He would eventually go on to become S.A. Rios. For anybody that doesn't And he would introduce Lita, so he did a good job. Right. I like how uh, he was, like, the main uh, attraction of that act, quote-unquote, and then he left, and Lita became a a uh, you know multi time champion. Household and, name, yeah, yeah, household name, multi time champion, Hall of Famer, and everybody's like, oh yeah, I remember S. A. Rios, kinda. Didn't he have red hair? <laughs> he also had a mask for a minute too. I believe he was Papi Chulo. Yeah, Papi, Ch- I forgot about that. Holy crap! Freaking man, Chulo S. A. They could not have gotten any more stereotypical with his names. They got the most, like... I don't know why I'm just now seeing this. We're talking, what, what is this, 25 years later? Wow, Essay and Poppy Chulo. I never until, realized that until now. <laughs> until the Mexicals came along, he was the most stereotypically Mexican <laughs> character they had. They, <sighs> yes, because WCW saw his La Parca, who was... Well, his name was La Parca. He was just like Day of the Dead. It's not getting any more stereotypical than that. I always wondered about that because I'm like, I had to actually ask a Mexican about that. I was like, so I didn't get it. I'm like, why does he have bones on his outfit? And he he's his name is La Parca, which literally translates to like the the parka or, you know, like the, the, the cloak. Yeah. And he I guess that's almost like another name for death. So he's supposed to be like the Grim Reaper. Yeah, like a little kid in Coco. Yeah, and I'm like, yes, so go by the way, go watch it. What's wrong with you people? Yeah, right. Wrong, Disney's best movies ever. Uh, but yeah, I was like, so why does he dance and all that crap? Like, I don't get that part of like if he's supposed to be the Grim Reaper. And he was like, hell if I know. I don't know. Like, he's supposed to be yeah, like, that part. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, he might just like, tell me. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I, I don't know. He, like, uh, he's uh, laughing at death or something. Like, I, I don't freaking know. And I'm like, no, all right. That's... Attacks all Jim Duggan. You'll have to death. Yeah, right. Uh, well, somebody who didn't laugh at injuries. Uh, Shawn Michaels apparently does have a real knee injury this time. According to Dr. James Andrews, he was he has serious arthritis in his knee and is ace, his ACL is in bad shape. The belief now is that Michaels will never be able to work a full-time schedule again, and he'll continue to work major shows. Uh, that sounds about right. Uh, yeah, for how many years? <laughs> and then he comes back and he wrestles damn near it. Well, not every single week, but he Pretty wrestled close. quite a bit. Yeah, he was on a lot of Raws. Wrestling. The only guy, only guy in history, I believe, to have two primes in his career. Right? That's he insane. Took, I've <laughs> never seen someone take as much time off and not just like 
I, I know people could say, well, he did, you know, he did like one or two matches at his little promotion down in Texas. That doesn't count. But he took off how many years, like four years completely doing nothing. And then he comes back and it's like better than ever. Like, what the hell, man? Yeah, I like this stuff, man. Uh, speaking of which, uh, that's that's a good you know follow up for uh, stay tuned for next week. Uh, what we're going to be talking about. Uh, Takamishinoku was offered a WWF contract this week, but hasn't signed yet. He'll be used on Raw on a per show basis for now. And he does. Yeah, he's around for a while. I know this. I uh, want to say 2001, give or take. Yeah, something like that. One or two. Uh, at the, yeah, probably one. I think it's I think it's Funaki's on his own by O2. Yeah, you want to talk about a run, man. <laughs> right. Jeez. Funaki's still there. That's right. He's doing the Japanese commentary. That's right. Yeah, yeah. holy crap. Like, man, he's <laughs> he he's set for life, man. It just he showed uh, loyalty and they showed loyalty to him. Obviously, you know, he's doing something right. Well, this is what happens when you're the number one announcer. I mean, you know, it should be set for life, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, w- I know the gimmick wouldn't fly in today's environment, but I will say me and my dad freaking loved Kai and Ty's gimmick of the whole, like, where they did the dubbing over their promos. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I might fly. That's, that's a real thing. You know, it's like, that's, that's still to this day. In it is, but it I is. Know, but people you know, take people it cry. Way, but... Yeah, people cry and whine. And uh, Hey, if I don't get what I want, I'm going to go home and cry on the Internet. Hell yeah. It's like if John Cena wins, we cry on the internet. <laughs> yeah, what was I was about That's to bring that up? <laughs> Wasn't that a sign at some show? Yep. <laughs> uh, I love that. Uh, Rocky Mayavia and Tom Pritchard were on the Maury Povich show this week. Oh, pause for that, please. Yeah, right. Uh, talking about their dreams to become pro wrestlers. Mayavia has been filming some uh, segments that will air on WWF TV in the next few weeks talking about his real life before wrestling. About to it's crazy to think this is couple mid-97. Mid he's about to explode within yeah. a year. Right. And become one of the biggest stars in and out of wrestling ever. One of the biggest stars in the world, period. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's he's still pumping out good films, man. And he he's at the point where he's got crappy films under his belt. And it doesn't matter. He's one of those kind of stars where it's like, yeah, not everything is a hit, but he's a big enough star where he can pump out the occasional crapper. I don't think he has in years, but yeah. He was smart to latch on to the Fast and the Furious bandwagon, by the way. No matter how it ended, he made a huge amount of money with that. Now it's like, oh, whatever. (laughs) He only had to make one or two and boom, (laughs) there you go. Uh, The plan is for WWF to introduce Kane at the next big pay-per-view. Nope, not until October. Are you saying that Bad Blood is not a big pay-per-view? Uh, well, they said at the next big pay-per-view, I, I'm assuming they mean like this month. So the next big one would be SummerSlam. SummerSlam hadn't aired, right? Uh, yeah, we're yeah, I think it was on the 11th, so we're coming up on it. So they're they're assuming he's going to pop up at either SummerSlam or whatever the hell came between SummerSlam and Bad Blood. That was what? uh, that was Ground Zero. Oh, that was it? Okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe he was right? I don't know. I, I don't like to give him credit. Either way. Uh, he just threw I... some crap at the wall because it was going to stick because 
because it was inevitable he was coming very soon. You can only have the Paul Bear teasing crap for so much longer. It was getting a little bit old. Think about it. He had been doing it since July or June. Yeah. It's, so at yeah, this it's point, this is two months. And by the time Kane debuts, it's four months. So he was inevitably going to be right just because he threw it at the wall. It's going to stick. Yeah, but you can only put oh, he's coming. He's coming very soon in your newsletter. You know, long enough before it's like, hey, you're, you're bound to be right one of these times, man. Unless they just scrap the whole gimmick, which I I don't think is going to happen. <laughs> it's like sitting here in August right now. Christmas is coming. Not next month. It's coming soon. Not the month after. It's coming soon. The month after that. See, eventually you're going to be right. So there you go. Or you know, like even even something like less like certain than that. Like when they uh, well, let me. I, I'm trying coming. to think. A blue moon's coming for sure. Yes, twice well, a year. Like, well, like when they green light, it's like, oh, you know, the next season. Uh, well, like uh, uh, Stranger Things, they haven't announced the final season, like when it when it's actually going to drop yet. It's like, well, season five is is coming soon, right? It 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 will be here. Uh, it it it's going to be here soon. I promise. All right, <laughs> you bet on it. Uh, what is that in depth journalism we were like waiting for, Dave? <laughs> the hard, the hard hitting stuff right here. Uh, speaking of the hard hitting well, stuff, anyways, go on. <laughs> speaking of the hard hitting stuff, it's time for this week in ECW. If I may have another ball. Paul Heyman had a meeting with Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard, and Jim Ross this week in Stamford to try to fix the broken relationship between the two sides. Nothing solid was agreed upon, but McMahon told Heyman that if he had any ideas for angles that would benefit both co- uh, companies, let him know and they would consider it. They also discussed. <laughs> I just, sorry, I just love how it's a broken relationship. I'm like, no, dude, it's broken for you, Paul. You don't need you. Don't pull yeah. yourself. Yeah, <laughs> broken like relationship Vince... would be if they're both suffering. <laughs> yeah, like, like Vince is like, oh, the, the ratings are down for Raw this week, pal. We really need to bring in the Sandman. <laughs> Of all these silly guys, you could have said. Uh, I was trying to go with a horrible you're wrong. one. You're wrong. You picked the right one, but holy crap! Yeah. <laughs> we, we need, oh, oh, was, whoa, whoa, what? What's up with those gangsters? Can you bring in New Jack and we'll play a song on a loop for ten minutes? <laughs> Maybe he'll jump out of the rafters. See, there you might have had a problem with that because Ice Cube might have heard it on there. Nobody's watching yeah. ECW, so they got to wait playing all they want. Yeah, right. Uh, but they both, uh, or they also discussed having ECW wrestlers appear on next month's Raw Live from Madison Square Garden. There have been rumors that Paul Heyman is on WWF's payroll, but he denies it. I am not on your payroll. So if anybody goes back in the archives, I can't remember which. So it might have been our, I think it was our SummerSlam 97 episode. We talked about that. He still denies that to this day. And we really can't say whether or not it's true if he's, he's being the promo building up to one night stand. I think Vince, Paul Heyman, Eric Bischoff, the trio that is all in the right. ring at the same time. And Vince flat out says, I have proof of giving ECW money for years, just like up to half a million dollars. It's just something. Yeah. I can't remember it word for word right now. It's in that promo building up to one night stand, the very first one, the best one. Right. Well, Heyman says something about, or he, I mean, he doesn't necessarily say they're not accepting money from WWE. He just says he's not on their payroll. Oh, like, I mean, semantics. I guess he's got you there. 
Yeah, right. It's like, I guess it's like if if it's not a check personally made out to Paul Heyman and he's not getting like a, a, a what, what is it? The 1040 or 10W40 or I, whatever that the tax oil, I believe. Yeah, that's oil. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting it mixed up. What the hell is the tax form you just, get? A, a 1040 is uh, the tax form you fill out, right? So that's it. Yeah. W2. You think I'm W2? Yeah, I would say, well, you fill out with said W2. Well, a, a W2 is what you get if you're being taxed, but if you're an independent contractor, you get something else. Uh, I can't even remember. Somebody will have to correct me in the whatever. Oh, but you, yeah. <laughs> if, 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 if they're actually taking taxes out, then yeah, you get a W2. If, if they're not, you get another one for like independent contractors and whatever. That's what are I just gonna. Are we gonna overlook this whole joke about Paul and taxes or what? We're we just gonna. <laughs> My father makes sure that I get away with it, sir. Uh, I will. That must be David's favorite son, right there, man. You got him out of some jams, dude. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I will say I don't know. I didn't look ahead. I don't know if any ECW guys pop up at the Raw and MSG. I don't uh, think they do. Yeah, what, I'm gonna what assume no. That's the one where yeah, that's the one where Austin's big man. There's no ECW on there. Yeah. So and that's one that uh I think I think now in the archives we covered that one. I don't remember. Oh for yeah, sure, we did. But... It's a bonus show, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so go look that one up whenever that was. <laughs> uh, but for I the first time really because it's remembered for that moment and then we agreed. And this show sucked other than that moment. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure too. Um, I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head. It's like when it's like when was that? I know it was nineties. Uh, oh yeah, September twenty second, nineteen ninety seven. We covered it on September twenty third, twenty twenty. So go back and check that out. I uh, it, it was a regular regular show, I think, or it might have been. Yeah. Okay. No, it was. You were, I feel like it was a bonus. We usually do those shows as a bonus. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, we should have done it as a bonus, but oddly enough, no. Uh, that was our third September. That month was a was a big month. Apparently, we did a crap ton of shows, but yeah, that one dropped on September twenty third. The September bonus was Fall Brawl ninety five, and my what a show that was. Seems like we could have flipped those, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was before I started thinking about it, and it's like it makes more sense to do it the other way around. But yeah. Oh, Either no. way. Yeah, go check it out. Support the show. We're still getting our bonus shows get a lot of downloads, uh, oddly enough. So thank you all. Thank you for that. Yeah, right. Uh, But for the first time in its history, ECW drew a crowd larger than 2000 people to a show in Monaca, Pennsylvania. Okay, that's a real city. Yeah. Uh, Isn't that just let me spray your mouth and you can't find toothpaste? What the hell? No, seriously. No, it's Binaka. Binaka. I really okay. thought that was what it was. <laughs> just, Good I'm lord. Joking. Well, you named it after that? I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. It's Binaka. Uh, if you guys want to sponsor us, Binaka, we'll take it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but at the show, Paul Heyman announced that ECW will hold its third pay-per-view in November, entitled November to Remember. And it will be at the same building in Manaka. Man, you set a mouthful, guys. <laughs> yeah. There you go. 
Uh, last ECW-related story I got. The rap group Insane Clown Posse is scheduled to perform at the beginning of oh, ECW's... Yeah. At the beginning of ECW's Hardcore Heaven pay-per-view next week after hyping up ECW so much on Howard Stern's show last week. So, you know, some things in this world just go together. Right. <laughs> I will say, I mean, that, as you said, that definitely fits. Uh, it was kind of a big get for ECW at the time because ICP had more mainstream exposure than they did. Oddly enough, that is sad as hell. Well, they had just come out with an album. To anybody out there who doesn't know, uh, they had an album called The Great Malenko. <laughs> they had an album come out around this time called The Great Malenko that uh, it came out under Island Records, I believe, which was owned by Disney. And people found out. Oh, and, all this just, just no. <laughs> well, they uh, apparently people found out and they protested and like send a bunch of angry letters and whatever pre Twitter, uh, you know, that Disney would dare put out such an album. So as soon as they released it, they basically yanked it off shelves and said they refused to sell it anymore. So ICP went to another record label, got it put on shelves again, and it went double platinum. For that reason only, though. I guarantee it. Oh, I bet my right eye on it. Oh, well, yeah, I got a, a ton of publicity over I mean, it. Hey, their bank account swelled up, so we can't say anything about that. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, they, yeah, <laughs> they, they advertised it as, you know, the, the album they don't want you to hear and whatever, so everybody ran out to get it. And this was during the time when there was... And you know what? That's brilliant. Yeah. I, say whatever you want about those idiots. That is brilliant. They've always been great at marketing, I'll say that. They're the original Young Bucks. Seriously. <laughs> right. Hmm. Uh, last couple stories I got here in USWA. Oh, man. Uh, now hey. covered the, the birth, the death, and the in-between of this company. Yeah. It's always something <laughs> funny coming out of here. Uh, fake Razor Ramon declared that he was done with the WWF and wants to be referred to as Rick Titan. He threw the Razor Ramon outfit into the garbage can. Thus, the Razor Ramon, the fake Razor slash Diesel gimmick has finally come to a merciful, whimpering end. Um, yeah. Yeah. Over okay. in Japan, he was Big Titan. In America, he's Rick Titan. His real name is Rick Bogner, I think. Yeah, he's passed away, didn't he? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think he passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, but, yeah, if, I think he had a stint in ECW before the fake Razor thing. They called him Slice and Dice Ramirez. Okay. Was he a gangster? Nope. He dressed up like Razor Ramon and basically did a rip-off gimmick. Wow. Masterful. I yep. still, to this day, can't figure out why that company went under. That's the whole reason why they actually brought him in, because Paul was like, I have this guy who looks and sounds just like Scott Hall, sir. <laughs> and so they brought him in. Either way. Uh, it's this, just like, wow, this kind of show, it's like, there's a difference, and we, I feel like we've covered something like this a few times, there's a difference between, like, gutting it out and just being freaking stupid. This year's New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax Tournament ended with Kensuke Sasaki as the winner, uh, Hiroyoshi uh, Tenzan as the show stealer, and Masahiro Chono in the hospital. Chono went into the tournament with a badly injured ankle from, of all things, a match with Dusty Wolf and a WCW taping two weeks earlier. Pause okay, for... before you go on, 
Can you get his name right, please? We've been over this. Good lord, he's not my hero. Is Masa my hero? Shona. Uh, maybe in Japan. Over here in America, he ain't nobody's hero. Uh, but he had torn ligaments, uh, a dislocated ankle, and a broken heel bone. Rather than getting the surgery... <laughs> Rather than getting the surgery that doctors said he needed, he chose to work the tournament only to injure it worse in his first match. He then worked the... Oh, sec- the doctor know, though. Yeah, screw them, man. He's an effing man. Uh, he worked the second match, but it was short, and he was eliminated from the tournament after that. Oh my God. This is just effing stupid. Like, I'm sorry, but it's like, dude, you, you've got all this wrong with you, and you're like, nah, I'm going to gut it out. Like, why? Like, what's the purpose? For a professional wrestling match, by the way. This isn't Kurt Angle in the Olympics. Right. And he's not even supposed to win. It's like, okay, this would still be stupid, but if he was going to win the tournament, which I've discussed in the past, you win the G1 Climax, you get the world title match at the uh, January 4th Tokyo Dome show, which is their biggest show of the year. He wasn't going to win. So what the heck? Why? He wasn't even going to be in the finals. Because reasons. Yeah. Oh, well, they if they don't get Masachono in... In this tournament, you know, they might revolt and want their money back. <laughs> yeah. Who's they? Uh, Uncle Dave. <laughs> All right, that's, that's fair. I'm uh, sure you are going to say there, but you answered correctly. I'll take it. Right. Last story I got here. Uh, we actually have a follow-up to this in this previous show that we did on Wednesday. But here you go. What's going on in Mexico? Carlos Amanes, or Manis, I don't know how to pronounce it. Anyway, former promoter of the UWA in Mexico, and Manny Guzman, former head of the most powerful res- uh, pro wrestling union ever, were both kidnapped in Mexico this week after a show that Manius was promoting. As of press time, 10 days later, both men are still missing. Someone used Minius's uh, ATM card and withdrew all the money that they could the day after his kidnapping. There have been no ransom notes and no evidence that it's related to the ongoing wrestling wars in Mexico, but that hasn't stopped people from pointing fingers. This sounds like, like I said, I think I said this when we first said it, it sounds like a really bad, bad drama. Yeah, sounds like one of those, uh, is it the Telenuevas? The, uh, one of those? I think so. Oh, yeah, it's a mixed soap opera. Yeah, I, yeah. Tell a novella. Right. Tell a novella. Ah, yeah, that's it. I don't know what the hell I was saying. Uh, I, it, I in case that tell a nine. And the way and the way this. Yeah, right. <laughs> if, if nobody can, if nobody can tell, I'm white and I failed Spanish in high school. So there's that. I'm part Mexican. And I don't speak a lick of Spanish. So there you go. Yeah, right. And you live in Northern California. So what the hell's wrong with you? My dad spoke it fluently. I, there's more. <laughs> Great. Uh, anyway, that brings us to our next break. Uh, going into this one, just to let you know, check out uh, here in Puckburg with friend of the show, Shay Von Doom, a.k.a. Kyle Sullivan. He had Greg on, I think, last year, was it? It was last year. It's a, it's a hockey pod. And I fully endorse this podcast because no one likes hockey. It kicks me off. Yeah, it's right. Like the you Reddit stepchild of sports, man. It's a great sport. Wish my and team would, did better. 
Well, and you wouldn't expect the uh, the half Mexican guy from Northern California to be a big hockey fan, but there you go. Uh, it's fun. But, and like, I'll stand by this. Those are the funnest games to go to live. Yeah, that's one of the only sports I haven't been to live. And I, well, I, I should say I haven't been to a professional hockey game. I've been to a, like a minor league hockey game live, and that was fun. But if I went to an actual pro hockey uh, game, that would that'd be pretty good. Uh, another uh, arena out there in Columbus. Yeah, I know. I might I might try to go uh, this next season. We'll see what we'll see what's up. But either way, uh, yeah, tune in for uh, here in Puckburg. Uh, you he'll talk all about it in this break. And on the other end of this break, we're going to be talking all about Nitro 100. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought this is an invasion angle? Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonix Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Hello everyone, my name is Ryan McCarthy and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports.
Barks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. It's WCW Nitro number 100. CN. Uh, the oh. date. <laughs> the date was uh, August 4th, 1997. From the Palace at Auburn Hills in Auburn Hills, Michigan. AKA the Malice at the Palace. People don't know what I'm talking about. It's a fun special on Netflix. Go watch it. Yeah. Uh, this is one they I mean, it's pretty much Detroit. It's it's one of them like uh, when you're in Rosemont, you just say Chicago. But yeah, so uh, the attendance for this one was seventeen thousand six hundred sixteen. The TV rating was a four point four. For reference, Raw's War did a 2.7 this week. So they got hammered. This was obviously during the 83-week streak. We actually covered uh, the breaking of the 83-week streak in a show. Don't ask me when we did that. Was it earlier this year it's, or last it's year? A- it's in April, obviously, because we do it month by month. So right. one of the April shows. Uh, I don't know if it was this year or last year. Yeah, okay. It could have been. Yeah, I, I believe it was uh, last year. Yeah, I don't remember doing it this this year. Yeah, okay. April's bonus show from last year. Uh, it was WWF Raw from April 13th, 1998, when Raw snapped the 83-week streak. So there you go. Go check it out. Sending you back to a bunch of the archives this week, but that's what we do here. Either way. And it's a lot we, of fun. Don't forget yeah, that. It's important. Yeah, uh, we, uh, oh man, how many shows are we up to at this point, man? It's it's a lot. Uh, 142 listenable episodes. Uh, well, actually, the, the posting of this, it'll be uh, one, 144, actually, uh, listenable episodes. So plenty of uh, plenty of us to go around. We start to and, show you know, off. you should listen to us because, you know, I love us. So you should, too. Yeah, right. No, oh, sorry, hurt my shoulder, pat myself on the back, sorry. Uh, Barry Horowitz and yourself? <laughs> Shalom. <laughs> Good grief. We start the show off by... Wrestling, Come on, everyone knows that. If you guys didn't see that on AEW, I mean, I know a lot of people watch, but it was a legendary, it was a moment. Barry Horowitz, legendary Jewish wrestler. <laughs> Good grief. Only Chris Jericho, man. He's Sorry, right, up, right up there with uh, <laughs> right up there with Goldberg. <sighs> but we start the show off by being welcomed by Michael Buffer and asked if we're ready to rumble. Pyro blows and the Nitro girls dance on the stage before Voodoo Child hits and Hollywood Hogan comes out to the ring with Eric Bischoff. Hogan's I'll, mustache. I'll, I'll the Nitro girls. Oh, of course. I mean, they were so roll tied. Sexy boy married one. Uh, but uh, Hogan's mustache was nearly gone and his beard was completely shaved off I think he had just filmed Three Ninjas Hiding in Mega Mountain I believe oh yeah yeah well when was it because didn't this might have been this might have been what's that called uh, with Carl Weathers Salt on Devil's Island Oh, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because I was going to say, I think the uh, that that you're thinking of, was it Halloween Havoc 96 with That's the wig? Yes, the wig, you're right. Yeah, yep. so you're probably right about the Salt on Devil's Island 
situation. That that sounds like about this time. But either way, uh, yeah, it was a. It's all I'm just like, I don't worry about it. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Hogan and Bischoff talk about how dumb Lex Luger is not leaving Hollywood alone. WCW management, against Hollywood's wishes, has granted Lex his world title main event tonight. Uh, so, Which, by the way, real quick, I want to point out, it's, it's, I think I mentioned this last week, this goes back to Spring Stampede 97 now in the archives. This is yeah. where he got that shot. People may forget. Like, why does he have a shot? He got it there. So you got to give WCW some big credit for that long continuity. Yeah. It's but worth like, that out. It's just one of them where it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, remember, this is going to sound weird, but remember, yeah, he beat Harlem Heat to get a shot at the title. Well, I guess <laughs> technically I'm a giant, but yeah. <laughs> I, I do weird. remember, yeah. It's freaking <laughs> weird, man. But, I, mean, but, I love the fact that there was some long continuity. I gave you credit for that, because that doesn't happen. You went in today's wrestling. Anywhere. Right. Yeah. The only the only thing that comes close is, like, um, you know, the money in the bank thing. But they've gotten yeah, to the point where they but then, tease. But the, the, the thing there, though, he's, the, the person has it normally and the women haven't done it in years because they just cash in at night but um the person has it on raw or smackdown every week so you're always reminded of it my point here is they could have easily forgotten right. this oh he won that spring stampede uh, blah, blah blah it never happened well my so, thing with the money in the bank is they, they they've done this in the last couple where it's like they tease it every effing week it's like oh he's cashing in now oh no he's not <laughs> well theory's only up to one as of this recording so i guess that's good yeah, uh, that, that, see, I think that keeps it special when you're not teasing it constantly. But either way, uh, so Hollywood is going to wipe the floor with him tonight. Uh, before leaving, Hogan says that... Kick Luger's butt. <laughs> good Lord. Uh, Hogan says that the world title will stay in the NWO family, so at Road Wild and Sturgis, Hogan will take on Scott Hall. Uh, hella random, but... Okay. I don't know where that came from. I know, right? I'm like, eh? I mean, this doesn't happen, but it's just random that he said that. Like, okay. Uh, speaking of random, up first, we get Mortis with James Vandenberg in his corner, taking on Kurt Hennig. Three minutes, 47 seconds. Yeah, they're all kind of like that. Uh, Vandenberg tries to get involved and gets punched in the face by Hennig. <laughs> Uh, in the end, Hennig nails the Hennig Plex for the pinfall win. Uh, Uncle Dave didn't rate most of these matches, uh, so I got Mike Fitzgerald f- with 411 Mania gave it dose stars. For being less than four minutes, I thought they did some good stuff with their time, so I gave it two stars. What say you? I didn't rate any of these matches either, but ah, okay. you know, I feel like they could have done a lot. Could have done a lot longer than these two. People forget how good a Russell Canyon was or Mortis, whatever, but. Yeah, uh, no. for sure. The the he only was problem I it's like he was right. Like a, yeah, this gimmick just. I either only way. halfway disagree with you. I thought the presentation was cool, but then yeah. Ed, go ahead. Uh, then that damn bell had to ring. <laughs> it's just the whole thing. It's like it, it's like he looks cool, but when you you're like ah, it's kind of lame. Uh, it's like he's supposed to be a video game character. I don't know. But we get play up packages up next for Sting. And then we get Hector Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero, which I was like, what? Uh, Chavo Jr., by the way, not Chavo Classic. 
Uh, they're taking on Dean Malenko and Jeff Jarrett with Queen Deborah in their corner, but just shy of five minutes. In the end, Jeff Jarrett holds Chavo back while Dean makes Hector tap out to the Texas Cloverleaf. Mike Fitzgerald to 411 Mania, and I both gave it Dose Stars. I thought it was decent for the time they had. Yeah. I was I, I didn't know Hector Guerrero was in WCW at this time. I forgot to. And then I remembered that he was. <laughs> if you that makes any, any sense. <laughs> you know it's weird I if anybody there. I forgot about that. Right. Uh, I don't know who takes after who. I want to say uh, because if you look at the if, at the sets of boys, like Chavo and Mondo look a lot alike, and then Eddie and Hector look a lot alike. But, I said right here, Hector looked more like Eddie than he ever has in this moment. Right. Yeah. Because when I first saw Hector Guerrero for the first time ever, I was like, holy crap. Like, no denying that's Eddie's brother. So, yeah. and But Chavo, I was like, Chavo Sr. anyway, I'm like, eh, I don't. I don't see. I never, I never thought he looked like anybody. Have you seen Mondo? I have, yeah. Yeah, if you, I, I always thought Mondo and Chavo looked similar. So I, I don't know if they take after the mom and Eddie and Hector take after their dad, or maybe vice versa. I don't know. But it's just funny that it's like it's such, such a stark contrast between it's like these two look alike, and then these two look alike, but both sets don't look anything <laughs> like they're related. <laughs> And to my knowledge, they all have the same parents, so... Yeah, oh yeah, for I, sure. But, either way, uh, after the match, Jeff Jarrett struts and celebrates with Keen, Queen Deborah after the match and tries to get Dean Malenko to join in. Dean ain't having it, though, and he takes off. We now get a quick preview for Road Wild and Sturgis before a commercial break. They are plugging the hell out of that Road Wild show, and, spoiler alert, it's gonna suck. No! I know. I it just hold on to your ass. I, I wasn't it's weird. It's usually the road wild, hog wild, whatever shows are just barn burners, man. Yeah, and then they replace it with New Blood Rising, and man, that was a home run. <laughs> uh, and, <sighs> like they're not even paper. inside the park home run, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> there, it wasn't even a single. Like it wasn't even a base hit. All right. <laughs> like they're they're. August pay-per-views were just destined to suck. I don't know why. They just were. Well, did they know that SummerSlam is there? And that was the one, but... Uh, I figured that would make them try I, harder. I just... I don't think SummerSlam was what it was it, now, back then. It's not... Uh, like, yeah, I don't know like when the... Today, f- people mm-hmm. flock to it, you know? And, like, back then, I don't think so. Right. I mean, it wasn't quite that big. They always tried to tease it as, like, oh, it's not quite WrestleMania, but it's close. You know? So... I don't know. But when we come back from commercial break, Mean Gene Oakland tries to get a word with Raven, who's sitting in the front row and uh, in front of a handful. He, he's, he looks like he is like celebrating life, man. You know, the way he look, just, you know, the look on his face. He's just so happy to be there. Hey, it looks like and he looks like he just <laughs> came from his house after he found out that his his uh, dog got ran over and his parents are getting divorced. And it's, good a, it's, Lord. A, it's a good day for Raven. Uh, <sighs> he's. He's sitting in front of a handful of ICP fans. You, they've all got signs and everything for it. I'm like, random, but all right. Uh, Stevie Richards now comes out of nowhere with a contract that he hands to Mean Gene. He tells Raven that that's, he's been... Uh, that's dancing, Stevie Richards. Oh, you get that right. F out of me. 
Thank you. But he tells Raven that he's been at CNN Towers renegotiating Raven's contract, making sure that Raven can follow him to WCW. Mean Jeans hands Raven the contract and a pen. Raven stands up and spits in Stevie's face. Stevie uh, stands up and blocks a punch from Raven, saying that Raven is not going to abuse him anymore before Raven walks away. We'll use them a lot more. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Listen to our previous show, Clash of the Champions 35, where uh, Raven beats a snot out of him. (laughs) There's that. Speaking of beating the snot out of people, up next, it is the giant in a three-on-one handicap match against Joey Maggs, Lenny Lane, and Scott Demore. <laughs> the v- you might yes. notice a couple of those names. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Scott Demore, the very same guy who is currently running uh, Impact Wrestling. And, uh, yes, he does look like that kid from the Goonies that did the truffle shuffle all grown up. Or, or the, the kid from our, uh, what's his name? Buzz from Home Alone. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> Man, I don't know who's worse with that one. And that is Lenny Lane, by the way, future WCW competitor. And Joey Maggs, interestingly enough, he's been on quite a few WWF shows that I've, I've been, like I said, I've been binge watching the old school stuff. He was yeah, a regular problem for stars. So. Hell of a hell of a career he had, man. Can't wait for his Hall of Fame induction. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, uh, this one goes about one and a half minutes. Uh, the giant Joke, dominate. Joke I think Barry Horowitz does belong Hall of Fame. Though. I was going to say that. Right? Uh, oh, he was at least good and memorable, so I'll give him that. But the giant dominates. I know. I was shocked too. Uh, first choke slamming Mags, then Demore, then Lane, and pinning all three of them. Uh, I, I mean, there's nothing to rate here. It was a squash match, so there you go. My my whole thing is like, why is this happening? He's an established star. He's been the world champion twice. Why the hell is he doing this now? This is what you do when you're starting him out. I'm not trying to sound like a fantasy Booker fanboy, but why the hell is this a thing? Well, because you got to get to a segment, Greg, and apparently the Giant's the only dude on the show who can't just come out and grab a mic. That's true. Yeah, on the next on the next SmackDown, we're gonna have Roman Reigns going against the local, you know, the local squad. This reminds me, by the way, yeah. you, know, you said Roman, it's his cousin, and it's also a world champion. In 1994, Yokozuna wrestled three men on a random episode of Raw. Three on one, and he was the WWE champion at the time. Wow! Just, just remind me. I just, I just watched that episode last night. <sighs> this yeah, is stupid. <sighs> yeah, it's like, well, we got to get him on the show some way. It's like, just, it's like, did you not want him to talk? I don't know, man. Because he well, will literally make a bigger impact later in this show. I think you might know what I'm talking about than he did in this match. But more yeah. on that later. <laughs> well, after the match, Macho Man Randy Savage and Elizabeth come out. Yep. Onto the stage, and Savage says that the giant may be out of control, but at Sturgis, Macho Man will be in control. The giant goes after Savage now, who takes off to the back with his Elizabeth in tow. And, oh man, you thought that was bad. Well, up next, we've got the team of High Voltage, Kenny Chaos, and Robbie Rage. <laughs> The coolest names of all time. <laughs> Their 
taking on. You sound uh, like the made up video game characters you face in the freaking career mode on your way to Raw or SmackDown. <laughs> right. Uh, Kenny Chaos sounds like a rejected Kenny Omega name from the <laughs> Indies or something. Right. Uh, or, you know, freaking Kenny Omega cosplayer right now. One of the two. Whatever. Right. <laughs> well, they're taking on. And, and hey, and neither one of these guys are on roids. All right. Neither one. Don't don't you dare accuse them. Hey, you you watch your mouth. But they're <laughs> uh, they're going up against the team of the public enemy of uh, Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge, our favorites. This one goes five yeah. minutes and 13 seconds before you even start. Do you know what this is right here, man? This uh, right here garbage. is is main event anywhere in the country. Oh, well, I, yeah. I thought you were speaking, like, literally. I was going to say uh, garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, what I... God. Well, I feel bad, but sorry. I know they're passed away. The public ends suck, guys. Sorry. Oh, well, of, of course. Well, you know what, you know what this means, uh, Greg, with something like this. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> <laughs> Right. The bank account. I want this match. Good lord. Well, this one goes five minutes, 13 seconds. At one point, Johnny Grunge lays Robbie Rage on a table outside. Rocco Rock sentons over the top rope just as Kenny Chaos pulls his partner off the table, causing Rocco to crash through the table. Miscommunication leads to Chaos and Rage colliding because they're idiots. Boy, man, you said a mouthful, Chaos and Rage. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, uh, Grunge then You're rolls up my personality during this match. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Grunge then rolls Rage up with a schoolboy for the win. Uncle Dave hated this match so much he actually rated it negative half a star. Uh, I gave it a half a star. Still too but, high. Yeah. This and well, and you said you didn't rate it. So no, I, I mean I'll tell you this though. This is one of the worst pieces of crap I've ever seen. Yeah, this I sucked. Like there, but it's up there, man. It was a crime against uh, tag team wrestling. I'll say that. It's funny. Funny. One of my notes here is like, do you realize that technically, very technically, Kenny Chaos is the most successful of these four men because he did at least hold a WCW tag title at one point. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's right. Didn't he have it handed to him? Yep, with Rick Steiner. Yeah. So on a technicality, Kenny Chaos is the most successful of these four men. That's sad. Wow. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, uh, after the match, we're not done, Greg, because Robbie Rage jumps no, Johnny Grunge. The public enemy match is going home, Oh, yeah. Got to keep the crap rolling, man. Uh, Robbie Rage jumps Johnny Grunge, beating him down. Kenny Chaos brings in half of the broken table and beats him up even more as we go to commercial. <laughs> ah, man. They never drew a dime. <sighs> All right, That's actually anyway. not that true. I got to be honest. I mean, I think the public enemy were pretty huge in Philadelphia. Yeah, they drew a couple of dimes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but I get the sentiment. You're not completely wrong, but yeah. gotta keep it there. There are idiots that like that crap. Why? I don't know. Those guys never drew a dime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, and yeah, and yeah, Mike Graham drew a bunch of dimes. By the way, you always keep that in mind, folks. Exactly. Well, duh. <laughs> He's clearly the most successful, Graham. Who's who's Billy? 
Anyway, good lord. We then go back uh, from get back from commercial, and the Nitro girls are dancing on the stage. Alex right now joins in to dance with them. You know, just I like we wanted. Lost my crap at this, dude. I'm not gonna lie. I just couldn't stop laughing. Dude. Uh, well, you know, they they knew what we wanted. Everybody wanted to see. It's Alex Wright getting down. Uh, but this is until Miji Oakland walks up to try to get an interview. The Nitro girls run away, and Alex Wright keeps speaking in German, which pisses Mean Gene off. <laughs> this continues on the Clash of the Champions, by the way. He does this a few times, so check that out. Uh, Alex Wright says that Chris Jericho isn't a Lionheart. He's a kitty cat. And, he, and uh, Alex says that he is the greatest cruiserweight champion because he's from Germany. Okay. Then. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I, um, sure. Uh, I couldn't figure out, by the way, I thought he was a heel here. He's definitely a heel uh, by the Clash of the Champions. But he comes out with the baby faces, at the, not to spoil anything, but he's with the baby faces at the end of the show. And I'm like, what are you doing here? No, he's with WCW at the end of the show. Oh, I guess so. But I just, I, maybe I didn't see the, the other heels that were out there. Were there any? Canyon was out there. Oh, I didn't uh, even see him. Uh, Jay Malenko's out there. Yeah, okay. There's a couple, yeah. Makes more sense now. But uh, something that didn't make sense was Alex Wright versus Scotty Riggs. One went three minutes and 45 seconds. In what world does this not make sense? Oh, you, yeah. Sir, Nitro, why would you put two of your biggest stars on the damn show? What are you talking about? Yeah, in under four minutes. That'll draw the house. Well, it was scheduled to be two, but then they realized how big the stars they were. They doubled it. Yeah, they put him on the marquee. Jeez, man. I well, don't like I, thing. I swear. As much, as much as I crap on this. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> good Lord. As much as I crapped on this, uh, this match isn't half bad is for being like, you know, under an under four minute match of who gives a crap, guys. Uh, Wright wins off a missile drop kick. Mike Fitzgerald. I like Alex Wright kind of. Okay, I always thought he was a good wrestler. I don't know. I don't get the hate on him. But. Yeah, I mean, he was a good wrestler. Uh, his matches were like hit and miss. Some were really good. Some were like, I don't know. Um, I it to uh, how they use them. Not really his faults, to be fair. Yeah, I yeah I hear you there. Berlin sucked. I'll say that. Alex Wright was pretty good, though. Yeah. Uh, well, either way, uh, Mike Fitzgerald of 411 Mini, I gave it a star and a half. I gave it an even two stars. By the way, I'm rating here because some of these I give higher ratings because of how short they are and what they did with their time. Nitro had a ton of really thrown together crap short matches. So, yeah. Either way, after commercial break, me and Gene Okerlund invites Lex Luger out onto the entry ramp for an interview. Luger says up until now, he's been uh, concentrated on Sturgis. By the way, here's the point in the show where I noticed that most people keep referring to Sturgis instead of saying the name of the event, Road Wild. Yeah, they did that a lot with, with all of them. Yeah, they kept talking about, oh, in Sturgis. It, the, the one that it resonated with me, I was like, that's almost like, although they ended up naming the event that, it just reminded me of the Crown Jewel. Oh, yeah. Like, here in the Crown Jewel and at the Crown Jewel, and it's like, okay. Uh, and we all obviously. know the Crown Jewel is the Necro Butcher. Yeah, well, and, and the crown jewel of uh, the Dakotas is clearly Sturgis. So, there you go. <laughs> Keep 
keep in mind that stupid Mount Rushmore. I want to go Sturgis. Yeah, who cares about that, man? The the black was it the Black Foothills or whatever? Nobody cares about that crap, okay? <laughs> and all the other touristy stuff. No, no, no it's Sturgis. You got to roll in there with your bike, see some old ladies on motorcycles getting topless. There you go. Sounds like a Friday night to me. Damn straight. Uh, but now he says tonight will be at a fine club with old lady Agnes because on Wednesday night she pulls out her good boob. What the f? <sighs> but anyway, but now <laughs> tonight he says tonight will be a defining moment in his life. Now he's going to go on in the main event to slap Hollywood Hogan around and win the WCW World Heavyweight Title. Up next, we get six. Can ver- I just say real quick? I hate that they had an interview with him out there before he has a main event match. It should have just been in the back. I don't know why it's always been a pet peeve of mine. Like, don't uh, play the music and have the guy come out there. We're going to have a big moment later. It just right. kind of, just, I don't know. It's a pet peeve of mine. That's the one critique I had about them in the Georgia Dome where they brought Goldberg out to face Scott Hall and then brought him out again for the main event. I'm like, I know you want to give him more Goldberg, but it's like, I don't know. I feel like the... It, it, Certainly didn't kill the reaction, so I mean, screw me, maybe I'm wrong, but it just, I don't know. Overthinking it, maybe. Definitely wasn't unnecessary. No. But up next is Six, taking on Chris Benoit in about four minutes. In the end, Chris Benoit goes to hit a super back suplex on on Six when Jeff Jarrett runs in to attack Benoit. This draws the DQ. Mike Fitzgerald, for some reason, gave this two out of two and a half stars. I gave it one and a half. What do you think of this? Yeah, it was all right. I did like. I did point out. I did, wrote this down too. I think it was weird that one, two, three kid and Jeff Jarrett had a feud. And these two kind of feuded here for a second in WCW, and then they would end up feuding again WWE next year at SummerSlam. One year from here, by the way. When yeah, nuts. Xbox would shave its head. These are just intertwined all the damn time. Down in the archives, by the way, SummerSlam 98. Yeah, freaking nuts. It's kind of weird that they their careers wound up like that. But Jarrett continues his assault on Benoit after the match until Steve Mongo McMichael runs in to attack Jarrett. Dean Malenko then runs in to attack Chris Benoit. Uh, Benoit and Mongo eventually throw Malenko and Jarrett out of the ring and pose together as we go to commercial. So ben- Malenko next year would be in the horseman. Right. Yeah, I was about <laughs> to say to anybody that doesn't know, Mongo and Benoit were in the horseman at this time. Malenko was not. And Jarrett was like trying to get in the horseman, but didn't. So it was weird. It's a cluster. God damn, the way you break that down. Right. Like, I want to be a horseman. Okay. But up next, man, is clearly match of the night. It is Vincent. Big Vince. He's taking on... Uh, my money's already out of the account and in their hands. Just going to put that out there. Yeah. I, I, I don't even... <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that one. Wait. You know what I say about this match is... Uh, Sir, here is a check with my name on it. Write down any number on this piece of paper and I will pay it. <laughs> uh... But Vincent way, is taking. Uh, on our post for uh, Wednesday's show, that's uh, SummerSlam '92. You didn't tag Virgil versus Nails. Now, thankfully, I corrected that in my Instagram post, but I'm pretty pissed at you for that. 
that's one of those unforgivable things. Dude. We're going to oh. have to have problems from now on, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. That. I'm anyway. not even joking, by the way. Go look at my Instagram. He made collector. I made sure to put Virgil versus Nails as a hashtag. Good Lord. Well, either way, in this one, Vincent has taken on Booker T with Stevie Ray in his corner. This one goes for 49 seconds. You heard me right. Uh, Stevie Ray. And you wonder why I didn't. (laughs) Well, Stevie Ray gets involved behind the referee's back. Booker wins with a crescent kick. Uh, Mike Fitzgerald gave it a uh, rated a squash. I gave it a half a star because I couldn't believe what the hell. Why? It's not like he was a big star, but really, they just job out Vincent in less than a minute. And then Vincent should have won. Wow. Well, then after the match, a booker holds Vincent while Stevie beats the crap out of him. <laughs> Just really driving I, it home. I don't know if it was before or after this, because they had been feuding for like a, a semi-feud for a minute. And uh, he had cut a promo. I don't know how it got through on TV. And he said he was, and I quote, tired of all this black-on-black crime. Father of God. Yeah. <sighs> Well, we now go back to Michi Nokerlin on the entry ramp. It's a crime on wrestling, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mean Gene calls out Diamond Dallas Page. Gene asks for DDP's thoughts on Ric Flair. DDP says that he respects Flair, but Flair has partnered up with Kurt Hennig, and DDP hates Kurt Hennig. So, by association, DDP hates Ric Flair and will make him feel the bang. We'll get to Just that. how math adds up. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, you, I can think of is the. Uh, they should have done something like on Big Bang Theory, where when uh, Sheldon tells uh, Bert Spiner, he's like, "You're now my mortal enemy," and he looks at Will Wheaton, and he's like, "It doesn't take up that much of your time. Don't worry." <laughs> <laughs> I can think of is like, is uh, they say that he's like, uh, "You're gonna feel the bang," and and uh, Kurt Hennig looks over at Flair, he's like, it "Doesn't take up that much of your time. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine." Yeah. Anyway, uh, this next match, though, is something. It's The Barbarian taking on Wrath with James Vandenberg in his corner. More of the video game characters. At this point, I'm like, did I accidentally turn on Thunder? <laughs> this just, wow. Uh, like, who's the hell? Nitro. Who's, who's, the, who's the heel? Who's the heel in this match? Why is this match happening? Right. This I only goes like, for uh, three I minutes. I can't remember but... off the top of my head, like, every damn feud. But these two never had a feud. Would they just put the two tough guys in there and said, here, beat the hell out of each other for 10 seconds? Basically. (sighs) Yeah, it goes for three minutes of time that people probably spent flipping over to Raw. Sorry, 180 seconds. I stand corrected. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Get it right, damn it. (laughs) Uh, But either way, yeah, so to anybody who watched this and didn't flip over to Raw at this point, uh, in the end, Barbarian comes off the top and gets caught with a Uranagi for the win from Wrath. Like Fitzgerald gave it dose stars. I don't know why I gave it a star. Like you said, uh, what the hell was this doing here? It felt so out of place, man. Yep. Like, whatever. Well, like, you know, and I, I, just, I, I, wa- I just watch wrestling as a fan, but then when you see stuff like this, you're like, why are they feuding? Who am I supposed to cheer for? Why do I want this guy to win? Why do I want this guy to lose? I don't give a what damn about this match. What, what the hell? Asking questions. All right, just yeah, right. Uh, I might damn it. my own head. 
doing that. Yeah. Trying to apply logic to an illogical <laughs> situation, Greg. Like, it's, just knock it off. I apologize. <laughs> well, after the commercial break, we go to Mean Gene Okerlund in the middle of the ring, calling out the Steiner brothers. The Steiners get halfway Don't down move. the entry ramp. Wow. Uh, no. Uh, they motion for someone to come out, and it's Ted DiBiase. Ted joins him in the ring, and Gene asks what he's doing there. Since the last time we saw him, he was with the NWO. DiBiase says that when he was in the NWO, he couldn't see the bigger picture. Somewhere along the line, he lost track of what really matters. He says he used to live by every man has his price, but now he believes every, every man pays the price for their choices. Uh, he didn't exactly plug it, but he's got a book that came out right here talking about being a born again Christian and whatever. And so, so I was going to ask that: is this like is this that whole thing? So they signed yeah. a born again Christian. So now you're not evil anymore on TV either. Maybe uh, he's trying to sell. Books. I thought that I can't. Not that I can't buy it. It's just like kind of lazy. Yeah. Whatever. Trying to sell books, man. Are you going to be the the evil guy coming out there to telling people to buy your book on being a Christian? Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, he says that that starts this weekend at Sturgis when the Steiner brothers take the world tag team titles from the Outsiders. The Outsiders now come out, and Scott Hall says that while the Steiners are good, the world tag titles prove that they're better. Kevin Nash says DiBiase must. <laughs> uh, Nash says that DiBiase must have forgot that NWO is for life, so at Road Wild, he's a dead man. Which in Sturgis, he probably could kill a man and get away with it. But that's beside the point. DiBiase says he's going to tell the Steiners everything he knows about the Outsiders. And Nash says the only reason the Steiners got Ted is so that they have someone to read them the menus on the road. Good Lord. I, <laughs> I didn't totally get that joke. I'm assuming he's saying they're illiterate. I thought, that's what I thought. You were calling stupid yeah, I was like, is it really as simple as I'm thinking it is, or is it, a, is it something else to it? Okay. Anyway, I'm going to quit overthinking it. Up next. You just told me uh, to stop overthinking stuff. I know. <laughs> it's hard to do with this stuff sometimes. But up next is something you don't have to think that hard over, uh, sort of. I thought, it's, I thought uh, you would. It's Psychosis with Sonny Ono in his corner taking on Conan. Uh, first of all, Conan came out to the NWO B team theme. I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, Why? Conan is only A team at this point. Uh, definitely not at this point. Uh, Conan makes quick work of Psychosis, making him tap out to the Tequila Sunrise. Nobody, Mike Fitzgerald didn't rate it. Uh, I gave it a star. I don't know why they didn't really do anything. It was like a couple seconds long. They jobbed the hell out of Psychosis. So I don't know why. Excellent usage of this man who's really talented. Yeah, right. And then after the match, speaking of really talented, Rey Mysterio Jr. hobbles to the ring on crutches and gets in. Conan kicks one of the crutches away, and then Ray cracks Conan with the other one, knocking him out. Ray shows that he can walk now. It's a miracle! Uh, and he was faking his injury. After helping Psychosis up, Ray talks trash to Conan into the camera. This was, for some reason, a staple of WCW. Did you notice that? I did, yeah. I think it might have started with the Harlem Heat. Like, I don't know why. They would lay somebody out in the ring, and then it's like, are you telling the camera so that, like, they film the message for when the guy wakes up? They'll play it back for him? No, tell their idiot fans at home. Yeah, I, I guess. It's like, 
because they're like addressing the person that's knocked out. Like he's like, "Hey, Conan," and starts. I'm like, "He's knocked out behind you, bro." <laughs> so wake him up real quick and tell him, and then go. Yeah, right. <laughs> but up next, uh, we had to make room for this match. It is Silver King and Damien taking on Glacier and Ernest Miller. More video game characters. More Thunder matches. <laughs> How dare you? you know, I don't know what you see in this, but what I see is... Shut up and take my money! <laughs> Not even for this. I want that joke. <laughs> this goes about three and a half minutes. Uh, this was a hell of a freaking matchup. Who booked this? Uh... I don't know. Terry Taylor. My immediate answer is Bischoff, but then I don't know. He's going to be the only guy. I don't think he booked the matches, so I'm going to I'm going to put this on either Kevin Sullivan or Terry Taylor. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, Ernest Miller ends up winning with a roundhouse kick off the top rope to Damian, which admittedly was kind of cool. Mike Fitzgerald of 411 Mania gave it a half a star. I gave it a star. It was okay. I didn't bring any of this, but even though you are, how did you give this a star? I don't what know. The maybe half. Watching? Maybe half a star. They did karate kicks real good. I don't know. I would have bought it more if you said I still like Glitch's entrance. Well, there's that. <laughs> up next, Eric Vishal comes to the ring. Go home. You're drunk. <laughs> what the hell? Go home. You're drunk. But Eric Bischoff comes to the ring next, soaking in the reaction from basically his hometown crowd. He says that he loves all the people there, but he doesn't love WCW management for allowing assaults last week from the giant and Larry Zabisco to go unpunished. Eric calls out Jojo Dillon while also making some fat jokes about him. <laughs> so JJ Dillon, a veteran of the business, comes out to the ring and stands with his back facing hard cam. And Bischoff has to remind and Bischoff has to remind him to turn the hell around. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, All right, okay. Then. you know what though? I'm gonna not to make an excuse that you should have known because he's been on WC for a while, but think about it though, in his heyday, it was really a hard camera. That's really probably all there was was a hard camera. <laughs> well, it was way up one camera. Like I don't know, just was it a thing though back then? Make sure you're facing yeah. this way. Usually there was like if if they couldn't afford much they would usually have a hard cam usually uh sometimes I don't know but even then it's I'm like I'm just gonna pass it off as like it wasn't as thorough as a pro- of a production at least TV wise when he was in his heyday that's all perhaps. I'm thinking yeah but Easy E then tells Dylan that if the giant lays another finger on him he'll sue him for all he's worth because he has so much respect for Zabisco's family though. He said that he won't sue him, but he will kick him right between the eyes. Dylan smiles and says that he's sure Larry heard him loud and clear before walking to the back. To the Yeah. Well, Larry would not get his revenge, so there's that. Larry would face him at some at fall at slap sarking. Yeah. Well, doesn't uh, Bischoff beat him? No, I'm pretty sure Bisho, uh, Zabisco wins. I thought, well, wasn't there the one where he loaded up his kick pad and kicked somebody? Was it him or Ric Flair? If it was Zabisco, it wasn't at Starcade because that's when Nitro was on the line. So Zabisco won. Like, let me say oh, we kept okay. it. 
Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, maybe I'm getting feuds mixed up. No, uh, yeah. still be Cisco. You can be right. He just wasn't there. Yeah, I, I can't remember. <laughs> but we're officially in the third hour of Nitro now, and we're kicking off with DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, with Kimberly Page in his corner, taking on Ric Flair in, hell yes, in 10 minutes. We get a commercial break during this match, and right before going into it, Kurt Hennig runs to ringside to observe, because, you know, he's not going to get involved. Uh, Hennig distracts DDP at one point, Later on, DDP actually locks Flair in his own figure four. Hennig runs in, and DDP small packages Hennig before rolling him out of the ring. Finally, Hennig comes in with a foreign object in his hand, and he gets cold-cocked by DDP, who picks up the dropped object, and the ref calls for a DQ. Uncle Dave and I both gave this dose stars. It was okay. For the two guys who were in it, this should have been awesome. Yep. Throw away. Yeah, it sucks. Don't After, say that about a player match, but often throw away match. Or DDP during this era. Era. I mean, he had a few squashes, I guess, but. Uh, but after DDP puts the foreign object on his fist, Ric Flair. International Kenny, object. Oh, that's right. My bad. Uh, now, Rick, I don't know when. Just go listen to every episode. You'll hear it sometime. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, this was during, you know, uh, Turner had some weird thing about that, but yeah. International Pocket. <laughs> yep. <sighs> but either way, uh, after all this, though, uh, Ric Flair and Kurt Hennig both rush him. Paige ends up fighting them both off and eventually taking off to the backstage area. And then we get this tag match. It is Viano 4 and 5 taking on Hector Garza and Liz Mark Jr. This one goes for six minutes, 43 seconds. They actually spread the Mexicans out on this show, Greg. How about that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we get three matches. Where, where the hell is Viano 1, 2, and 3? Uh, I think they're retired at this point. They're older. So Viano 4 and 5 are the younger of the Viano crew. I don't know if they're all related or not. Or if they just all, you know, dress the same. But either way, this goes for 6 minutes, 43 seconds. Lismark gets one of the Vianos down, getting distracted by his own partner at one point. Vianos switch places. Yeah, that makes sense. The Vianos switch places, and a fresh one rolls up Lismark with a small package for the win. Mike Fitzgerald of 411 Mania and I both gave this one and a half stars. It was okay. One and a half usually means crap, but... Yeah, well, for yeah, it's pretty crappy. It wasn't it wasn't great, I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crappy. <sighs> Let's see well, if someone up, gets that. Well. Up next, me and Gene Okerlin is standing in the ring now and calls out JJ Dillon again. Jojo. Dillon, Dillon joins him with papers in his hand. They discuss what's going on with Sting. Dylan says that they weren't sure if they could trust him there for a while, but now he's positive that WCW can put their trust in Sting. He says that they need him now to take on the NWO, and he has a contract for an opponent for Sting at a time and place of Sting's choosing. Sting repels from the rafters, and the crowd goes wild. He gets in the ring. J.J. Dillon says that they're past apologies, and he can't undo what's been done. However, he can try to rebuild trust with Sting. And he hands Sting a contract to take on Kurt 
Hennig. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, man. Sting rips the contract in half and hands it back to Dylan before walking away. Dylan tells me, Gene, how he's going to figure out what Sting wants and then walks away. How the hell could they not, at this point, figure out what the hell Sting wanted? Why would he want Kurt Hennig? On what freaking planet would that be what Sting would have been brooding in the rafters for almost a year over? Yep. Still to this day baffles me. You know what? I don't, being, I, I don't know what he wants. I'll quit brooding and being an emo and come down finally. You know, if you, as long as you give me Kurt Hennig, damn it, that's all I want. <sighs> Hennig's not even in the NWO yet. Right. So again, it makes no freaking sense. <laughs> it's not even a consolation prize at this point. But anyway, have we already getting... got? Have we already get to the part where we offered him six? Um, I think that's coming up next week. So he offers him, I think, six on the next show. So, yeah, that's. Uh, so you want, and you want six. At least that's closer. That's, but that's, nah. that's been under your skin. Yeah, since right. Fall you... brawl, nineteen ninety-six, <laughs> <laughs> and he literally debuts the night after. <sighs> You'll take it, and you guys will will take each other on, and a loser wears a diaper match. In the very near future, there will be some figure photography on my page, by the way, so someone knows. Hell yeah. Well, we're about to get into the main event. Before we do, we're going to take our second-to-last break. On the other end of this, we're getting into the main event. Right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. Shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way there. back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down... The likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most. 
with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. It's main event time. Hollywood Hogan defends the WCW World Heavyweight title against Lex Luger in 11 minutes. Paul Nash, Macho Man, and uh, I put Virgil, but Vincent, whatever the hell. That guy. Billy Bill, whatever. <laughs> Good Lord. Shane. Uh, <laughs> all try to get involved, and Luger fights them all off before locking Hogan in a torture rack and forcing him to submit. This was a random, like, I, this ending came out of and nowhere. I was like, whoa. I didn't hate it. It just seemed like it was like, oh, he locked him in the torture rack. Oh, he gave up. That's the end. All right, he's the champ. Uh, when I was a kid, man, this was one of my all-time favorite wrestling moments still to this day. Yeah, it was, uh, it was big, man. Well, Uncle Dave gave it three quarters of a star. I gave it a whole star. I mean, the match sucked, but the moment was cool. The match, so. Yeah. Most of Hogan's matches sucked at this point. All right, I'm just going to say. He didn't have a lot of great ones. But this one was a rare Nitro main event, and, and for the world title... It was great. You notice Hogan had a few of these where it's like he put the world title on the line, main event, and it was like big moments that are still remembered to this day. Yep. Well, after the bell sounds, the crowd hits the roof. The babies go flying in the air as Luger almost cries with a world title. Uh, WCW guys all hit the ring to celebrate with Lex Luger as the crowd goes wild. He walks to the back with the giant now. Backstage, in the babyface locker room, we get a little bit of the bubbly uh, getting poured all over the new world champion as the celebration continues. In the NWO locker room, Hogan is literally flipping tables and shouting in anger. He says that it wasn't supposed to happen. Before we close the show, we get a shot of the babyface locker room again, where the giant is helping Lex Luger clean the NWO spray paint off the world title. Yeah, it's about to go right back on. But uh, I will say, if I had one critique for the show, is that I would have driven home the main event just a little bit more. Because, like, we saw Hogan, like, at the top of the show, Luger at the end of the first hour, and then that was, like, it. We had, like, a few cutaways, or, or I would have had a few cutaways backstage or something here and there throughout the night. Well, you know, the mentality, you probably thought, we already have not hooked, we all need to sell it. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of, but... As I got to point out, this isn't pay-per-view. You don't right. have them hooked. Pay-per-view, you've already got their money. You don't have yeah, them exactly. TV show. Yeah, they can turn away to Raw at any time. I mean, they didn't, but you, they could have. But either way, uh, that does it for this one. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to hit the final ratings and tell you what's coming up on the podcast right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the apron bump podcast. Ugh. 
Another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Looking for a particular truck part? Then look no further. The Rush Truck Center's All Makes Parts catalog features more than 16,000 of the most popular All Makes Parts from top suppliers in the industry and with quality brands you know and trust. And at 164 full-color pages, this is their biggest catalog yet. Our friends at Rush Truck Centers have great deals for you all year long. Check out their monthly parts and service specials in-store and online. And when you're ready to order, shop online with Parts Connect at RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Final ratings time. Internet Movie Database gave this 7.4 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 6.5 out of 10. Uh, I gave it 7.5 out of 10. It wasn't an amazing show top to bottom, but I mean... The ending sold it for me, and there were a couple other moments. What say you? Well, considering this was a whole 100 Nitro, I think the undercard should have been better. I gave it a yeah. C minus. Yeah. Even on a one show, you're not going to put more on there. You're going to rely on the main event. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It was okay. Um, yeah, it was basically just built around the main event, which was fine. But yeah, the 100th Nitro, I feel like, especially with a three-hour show, I don't know. A three-hour show. <laughs> but that does it for this one. We're wrapping up the month with a good one next week. It is good. Quite possibly, possibly one of the greatest wrestling shows ever. It is WWE SummerSlam 2002. Lest you think I'm overhyping this thing, I'm not. Uh, Greg and I watched this in a hotel before WrestleMania 15, actually. Or 2015. And or it was not Summer Slam. Slam not Summer Slam. You'll get it. <laughs> yeah, I'll get it one of these days. I can't word today. Uh, before Summer Slam 2015. You even word, bro. <laughs> apparently not. That's coming up next week. We're hitting you with that. Uh, going into September here, just running down some of the lineup. We're bringing you a TNA in 2007 still. Our next stop is going to be TNA No Surrender 2007. That's coming to you. 
on September 7th. September 14th, it's WWF In Your House 3. I believe that's in 95, is it not? Yeah. Okay, uh, I forget which one that was. That was, oh, uh, three belts, oh, one five. match. Yeah. Three belts, one match was the tagline. That was, you know, before Vince would uh, have an aneurysm over the word belt. So, <laughs> that. I'm still kind of with him on that. It's not a belt. That's literally what they've been called since the dawn of it's the not creation a belt. of them. The thing I have around my waist right now on my pants is a belt. It is a leather belt with gold on it, though. <laughs> So it's like a, a belt is just something you put around your waist. So, I mean, that's, and that's how you wear it. So Yeah, but the belt, the, the title is also on people's shoulders or just in their hands, too. So, Well, either way, the main event of this or one Ray is... Or Bubba Ray around his damn neck. I mean, there's so many ways you can go with this. Wow. Uh, well, the main event was Diesel and Shawn Michaels taking on the British Bulldog. And uh, it was, it was uh, Bulldog and Yokozuna. The tag there's a titles... Lot of controversy there. We'll get into that in the show. Right. Uh, the tag titles are on the line from Bulldog and Yoko, and the WWF and Intercontinental titles are on the line from Diesel and Michaels, respectively. Red Hart takes on Jean-Pierre Lafitte for a damn leather jacket. Don't laugh at that. That match might surprise you. Yeah. Uh, Psycho sits I'm on the serious. card. <laughs> Psycho sits on the card. Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow's on the card. Uh, Dean F. and Douglas, man. There, there's a lot to talk about on this one. We're going back to 1995. Not one of our favorite years, but this show honestly wasn't that bad. On the contrary, it's one of my favorite years, but not for the good reason. Right. Gotta use your verbiage a little bit better there, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's coming up uh, September 14th. September 21st, we're bringing you, uh, on my birthday, WCW Fall Brawl 1998. So we're going a year ahead of this here to talk about what's happening in WCW. A year from all of this... Yeah, that we just talked about today, but in 1998, uh, the f- for Fall Brawl, Fall Brawl was usually pretty decent. So, eh, I, I don't, don't remember if this card is decent, but I remember this Fall Brawl, the War Games being fun. Yeah, I always love War Games. Good, bad, or indifferent. I always liked War Games. So I feel like that's one of those matches, almost like a Hell in a Cell. I'm gonna watch it. Right. Uh, the bonus show that week is also NWA Clash of the Champions 3 Fall Brawl. It's the very first ever show that they dubbed Fall Brawl, and it's a Clash of the Champions. So we're bringing you that one. And then we're closing out the month. We just talked about this one, actually. September 28th, it's WWF Ground Zero in your house. That's 97, isn't it? Yeah. So... That'll be fun. Looking forward to covering all of that coming up in September. And all this stuff, all these events you're naming off, like the news. I mean, I'm just thinking about some of it. It's very fun. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'll say that. But thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yep. And we will come at you next week with WWE SummerSlam 2002. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.